You're listening to Test, Learn, Grow, where we believe that all marketing should create value, build trust, and inspire change. This is the Level Agency way. Hey, Miles here from Level, and I am proud to be your podcast host. In every episode of Test, Learn, Grow, I'll be joined by agency team members and other members of the marketing community for radically candid conversations on all things marketing. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. All right, everyone, welcome back to Test, Learn, Grow. Today, I am joined by Chrissy Starkweather, Media Analyst 3 here at Level Agency. So Chrissy, thanks for hopping on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Miles. So folks listening have not had the privilege of hearing your name before. What's a fun personal fact that we can learn about Chrissy to intro you to the audience today? I love a good road trip. I have been cross-country a couple of times, done a Great Lakes road trip, and working on hitting all 50 states, so I still have about a dozen to go. Wow. So cross-country, when you say that, like, from what state to what state? Did you go, like, Rhode Island to California, like, true end-to-end? Just shy, Pennsylvania to California, so all the way to the coast of California, but I started uh, on home base in Philadelphia. So sure. I moved cross country. Wow. Did that haul to move. So how long does it take to drive across the country? Well, we, we did it as a fun road trip. So we took just about a week. So like we were sightseeing and everything like that. I mean, if you really wanted to do just straight shot, I think you could do it in just shy of three days, but that was not the type of driving. We were stopping in national parks, roadside Americana, wall drug in the corn palace in South Dakota. Who knew? <laughs> So, and same thing on the way back. We took about a week on the way back because uh, we did more more national parks in a couple major cities. Very cool. So, similarly to a, a physical road trip across the country, oftentimes our career road trips have twists and turns, right? How did you find yourself at level? What was the path that brought you to this conversation today? Yeah. So, the funny thing with me and level is that it it basically intertwines with a very linear path of my career. Um, actually one of the, uh, team leads at level I worked with 12 years ago when GNC was a client of mine for an agency. So since, you know, way back then I started in the agency world. Um, I've been vendor side at Google. I've worked in house at a number of clients, largely in e-commerce. And when level was looking to expand their e-commerce division, uh, that contact at, at level had reached out having known I was still working in the space. So it kind of brought my career full circle to this point. It's awesome. That's why they say never burn a bridge, right? As you're making all these contacts, you never know who's going to pick up the phone or call you one day. It's so true. I hate cliches like that, but the longer you're in the business, the longer you realize it's true. Never would have banked on a connection from 13 years ago coming back around as a job opportunity now. So you mentioned e-commerce, largely your experience. That's largely how our topic applies today, right? I'm calling this episode Proper Planning Prevents Poor Q4 Performance. <laughs> that for a lot of people. I like that alliteration. <laughs> Thank you. So when we think about Q4 and e-commerce, it's like Black Friday, Cyber Week. It's the time when most e-commerce businesses make most of their, their money for the year, right? There's, it's bulk of the shopping happens in the United States. 
And it doesn't just happen. We know that in marketing, there's a lot of work and planning that goes in to prepare for that one week of the year. And crazy to say this, but as this episode uh, is airing, we're about three months away from that holiday shopping season. It'll be here before we know it. With all of your experience, I want to pick apart things that brands should be doing if they haven't already to properly prepare for that point in time. So in your experience, what's like step one? What's the first thing as we look towards Q4 that we should be doing to prepare for that big week, big month? big influx of customers. Yeah. So the first thing really is doing your homework, right? So as you said, we're already just a couple months away. Planning for Q4 for a lot of retailers is going to start in Q3, you know, even early Q3, right? So we're talking almost mid-year. So what do I mean by doing your homework? Well, look at your previous year recap. What worked, what didn't, what's going to be different this year? And that's both for your business. So, you know, did you have a certain promotion last year that you are our anniversary? Did you have a new product launch or are you going to have a new product launch this year? You know, making sure you're really clear about what the pillars for your business are going to be. But also thinking about, you know, on the marketing side and digital marketing, what's changed in the channel platform space, right? So our space is always evolving. And even just in the last few months or since mid-year, right? Google's changed match type, you know, consolidating. There are new features with smart bidding and adding conversion values. You have iOS privacy updates and Facebook, new ad formats and features. So again, thinking about what's different, right? So that's kind of level settings for your background planning. Of course, there are the core pieces of your plan. Do you have a budget in your forecast? It sounds obvious, but, you know, by the time you get to Q4, depending on how well the business has done Q1 through Q3, your original forecast may or may not stand, or you may have found new opportunities. So you want to make sure you nail down your numbers so you can plan accordingly. You know, other planning basics. Do you have a solid audience strategy in place? Of course, you're running an audience strategy and marketing throughout the year. But what's specific to Q4? Are you going to target holiday and gift buyers? Do you know your key brands for promotion and need in-market segments for those brands? Do you need to create a new segment for discount sale buyers? There are audiences that you may only use in Q4. So thinking that through ahead of time to make sure you can build and, you know, sync up your CRM system. You know, mid-year is also a good time to assess your competitive review and how you think that's going to impact you heading into the fourth quarter. And I would say, you know, for us, a lot of times in Q3, we also use it as a general time to re-audit our digital marketing channels, right? So we like to think we keep everything clean and optimized and running at full efficiency, but it's mid-year, you're going to head into your peak season. It's a good time to sort of reassess with a fresh set of eyes, what are your baseline channels and really shoring up that foundation. You're going to hear me a lot today. I sort of go back to the foundation. That's really what it takes to be successful in Q4 is a rock solid commerce and marketing foundation. So we like to think about the shiny new objects and testing is great. We'll talk about that too, but you're going to succeed or fail based on a rock solid foundation. You mentioned what's different in 2021. There's some different stuff with the platforms, but also the world at large, right? 2020 was this insane oddity of a year with an election and a global pandemic on top of the typical changes in marketing at large. 
So what have you seen? What, and what are you seeing? Like what is different in 2021? What are some things that you are implementing or planning for now that you weren't last year? Yeah. So 2020 was definitely a crazy year and we're not totally out of the craziness yet. You know, I think 2021 for e-commerce has been pretty good to a lot of businesses, right? So with the pandemic, we sort of accelerated that change of consumer behavior to shopping even more online, which is, you know, e-commerce sales have been continuing to grow, but 2020 definitely saw record numbers. We still expect that to be true this year, even though stores, you know, have reopened and are seeing more foot traffic. We expect e-commerce to continue to sort of boom. Retailers are also anticipating that, you know, with relaxed restrictions and travel and, you know, depending on your part of the country, that varies. But they are anticipating that it'll be good for retail sales overall. So I think retailers are optimistic um, from a marketplace demand perspective. That being said, we've continued to see challenges with retailers on supply chains, logistics, things that impact stock and delivery, right? And that was something that was a bit of an issue in 2020. And some of the patterns of consumer behavior we've seen changing are consumers are even more focused on making sure things are, they can get things in stock because that was a problem. Delivery times were a lot longer. So for years, we've seen this trend of retailers pushing out their final ship days so close to Christmas. But now we've kind of had to back off that because the carriers can't quite meet that demand. So I think being acutely aware of how that affects your business is going to be really important in 2021. You know, how are you handling inventory management and where does that flow into your digital channels and understanding how that's going to update your product feed, how you're going to know or pause things that are out of stock. I think that's really important. The last sort of broad stroke I'll say is the labor shortage is real across clients and industries. And it depends, again, my favorite, it depends on your personal business. How much is that impacting you? Do you have the same customer service support? Can you handle return volume and shipping volume and things like that? Um, you just need to be prepared to be flexible and adjust your strategy accordingly. And make sure that you have communication set up to let all parties know. Like sometimes digital marketing is the last to know when something happens with a stock issue or a product was supposed to come in and didn't. Um, so making sure that you don't just rely on things like feeds updating, but you have corrective lines of communication to get that information to all the people who need to know and make decisions on it. Yeah, because the last thing you want to do is be spending money on ads driving traffic to something that people cannot purchase. Yep. And again, like it sounds so basic, right? But the amount of time that breaks, especially when it's a one day deal or even a few hour deal where something might sell out in an hour and that's not even enough time always for a feed to, you know, sort of sink through all the marketing channels and pause things. So again, there's, there's sometimes no replacement for that direct communication. So besides do your homework, there's a lot to unpack there. Well, not, not besides it. That's a big number one. I mean, there's a lot to cover there. Not trying to gloss over it, but curious, what's, what else? Like, what's number two? There's a lot in do your homework. It's like a one A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, right? Yep. But we so, are in September. So hopefully you've yeah. done a lot of that homework already. Right. So number two would be what? So what I call playing your game, which is essentially playing to your strengths, right? So again, Q4 
you largely succeed on your core business and what's worked for you in the past. So are you maximizing your own audience, right? Paid marketing, what I do, but it's becoming more expensive. Like we mentioned too, or I think I glossed over, but one of the other changes about e-commerce booming is that even more people have gotten into digital marketing, right? Because you got to sell to that audience. So all of your paid advertising needs to be supplemented by your own audiences. So having a strong email, SMS, social, retargeting, some of those are paid, but those channels that tend to be cheaper for outreach and where you know you can get in front of your best customers. You know, what I would say about the time we're in now, September, October, that can also be a great time for list building. So things that are prospecting, email list acquisition, contesting, so that you really build that own audience for peak Q4. You know, what else are we talking about when we're talking about playing your game? Maximizing your own pricing and promo calendar. So you might be super promotional, and that might mean in Q4, you have multiple promotions every single day that you need to stay on top of. Or you might be a non-promotional retailer. Pretty much every retailer these days, at least for the Cyber Five, so, you know, Thanksgiving, Black Friday through Cyber Monday, is running some promotions. So knowing what those are ahead of time, being sure that you, again, clear communication, that you are prepared to call out your discounts, your sales across all channels. There are all types of opportunity within ad creatives, special offer features, tags, making sure you understand tactically how you deploy all of that promotion in all your channels, have things scheduled out ahead of time, right? Knowing also aside from promotions, what are your other key type of seasonal products? So giftable collections, gift cards, other seasonal merchandise, like people are dressing for the holidays. So making sure that you have clearly identified what are going to be the big merchandise products. And again, preparing to support Also, when it comes to pricing and promotion and syncing a calendar, taking advantage of dynamic ad features. So being prepared for urgency, countdown callouts, pricing changes, letting people know ahead of time when there's a one day deal or only a couple of days left. If it is longer term, say it's running for weeks, you can still run that countdown messaging at the end of that period. That's worked in, again, retail for for years to give the countdown timer on the home shopping channels. It's still there because it works. The last thing I would say in sort of the playing your game and maximizing for digital marketing, I think one of the most important things these days is really leveraging your shopping and product feed to its fullest. So that's not just for shopping anymore as a channel. The product feed is used across the majority of digital marketing channels at this point. So there's an organic component. There are social ads off the dynamic feed display retargeting, and then of course, shopping, which in its own right can be the majority of digital. So making sure again, that you've not just that it's in good shape, which hopefully you've done in your your homework, but also that you've made changes for Q4. So have you tagged specific giftable collections, seasonal items, products that are going to be on sale? That enables you to build campaigns that are targeted to specific audiences or, you know, segmented in a good structure to control bidding and budget. That's also what enables you. So I'd say the the last, you know, I kind of was thinking about this under shopping, but I'd say also applies to all of these other things with audiences, promotions, brands. Pareto is true in digital marketing. So the 80-20 rule, right? 
that 80% of your business comes from 20% of your product, your audience. So really clearly identifying what you expect your top performers to be ahead of time and making sure that those things, again, whatever your channel, have their own campaign set up, their own budget, that you are really prepared to run all out. Just like there was a lot under your homework, there are a few different components of playing your game, but it's really that core principle of knowing what works for you or you anticipate is going to be a top performer and that you're really running all out to promote the top of the top during this period. So what if people don't know their game, right? Maybe this is their first, it's their first holiday shopping or I don't know, they don't have their stuff as dialed in, right? To know everything and they're not sure. How can they figure out what their game is leading up to that busy time so that they can dial in and do everything you just said? That's fair. So hopefully you're not launching a retail business in Q4. So I'm going (laughs) to take for granted here that you have at least data from the first half of the year, right? So making sure you do understand historically what's worked, right? A lot of things that have been consistent top performers will continue to work. So you do have some of that data at your disposal. There are course industry retail tools um, or competitive, excuse me, research tools, whether that's keyword research or audience research, you know, some of that's direct in platform like Google and Facebook. And then of course, there are a number of third party tools and information sources, even just searching general holiday retail trends, depending on your business can help you identify what things are, are looking like for this season. You know, as much as I personally think a lot of sort of the core retail truths carry through year to year, doesn't stop me from looking up 2020, 2021 retail trends uh, to see what the marketplace has to say about what's going to be big. The other thing I'd say with retail is, you know, making sure that your marketing is connected to your merchandisers. Merchandisers have done this homework, right? They have bought a certain amount of inventory in anticipation of what is going to sell. So again, open lines of communication, sometimes there isn't a direct line between merchandising and marketing, but I'm banking someone at the retailer has a pretty good idea of what's going to be big that holiday season. So that's all stuff you could do in advance. And the other thing I would just add that is sort of a general rule is you need to be prepared to be agile in holiday. So even when you think you know it's going to be big, sometimes it doesn't work out or sometimes there's sort of a sneak attack of a top product that you had no idea was going to become the hot new ticket. And, you know, you find yourself scrambling to keep it in stock or get it in front of people. So, you know, I think it's not, it's, it's always a part of our digital marketing business, right? Being agile, being dynamic. It's what I love about the space. But to your point about Q4 being sort of this ultra peak, everything is amplified. So you need to be even more on your toes and making sure you're keeping a consistent eye on performance, that you have alerts, reports, things like that prepared to send out to a variety of stakeholders about trends that you're seeing in the moment and then can play up uh, for the remainder of the quarter. Do your homework. Play your game. And if we round that out with number three, it completes the hat trick here. I'm going to steal from our own Tesla and grow testing, of course, right? So this is a high demand time, which makes it a great time for quick testing because you get results with that higher volume, right? So there's definitely a bit of a go big or go home factor of 
it's an overgeneralization, but I kind of feel about testing. If you can't make it work in Q4 in retail, you're going to be hard pressed to make it work in another time. It's a little bit of an overgeneralization, but I think on the, on the whole, it holds for most retailers. So these can be simple things like your ad testing plan. So think about one thing about Q4 that tends to be different. Even though I talked about maximizing to your own customer base, you know, your MVPs, your super customers, Q4 for most retailers also tends to be a time of an influx of net new customers. So with ad testing in particular, think about how would you message differently to a net new prospect? You know, don't take for granted they understand your terminology. Like if you use a unique layaway program or a special fund name for daily deals, don't take for granted that a new customer will know that type of messaging. There's messaging like that to cast. There's, of course, like standard promotional messaging. So testing different levels of promotion or types of callouts. There's also big tactical tests, right? A lot of e-commerce retailers, we get so used to direct response goals, you know, things like ROAS and having very particular targets. We don't necessarily always spend a lot of money on awareness and prospecting. And again, to that point of if there's a time to make it work, it's definitely late Q3 into Q4 to really go after awareness, prospecting, and that new customer bases. And that really covers all channels. So thinking about affinity audiences and things that you might not target on a regular basis. Of course, there's also, I hesitate to even say new at this point, but let's say new to you channels. Video, much like imagery in, in shopping, has become a huge part of the ad marketplace from the explosion of shopping ads, but even just how much visually it plays into all different types of media. Now we're seeing an even bigger acceleration in video, right? So admittedly, I'm a little bit skeptical of TikTok's fit for some of my clients. But again, going that to if there ever were a time to test, now would be the time. There are also sort of extensions of existing features. So maybe you use Google Smart Shopping campaigns, but now they let you target for acquisition. And again, Q3, Q4, great time for acquisition targets. So it may be a big leap into a new channel, TikTok, OTT for video, or it just may be an extension of existing tactics. The last thing I'll mention sort of quickly on testing, right, is we're also looking at how do we leverage other tools? Things like, you know, AI copywriting is sort of a fun example. You know, it ties in the message testing and also just thinking about scale for the future. So things that maybe you either don't have the volume to test or there's some reluctance, Q4 when you're anticipating higher returns can be a good time to play with sort of net new tactics that hopefully you'll find successful and then can bake into your 2022 plans. So that's all been e-commerce, right? There's other types of businesses in the world during Q4 as well. Well, do your take on that, right? If I'm not an e-commerce brand, I'm still looking at Cyber Week. Maybe I still sell to consumers, but I'm not selling online or I'm B2B and I'm focusing more on, on lead generation versus selling a thing online. How do they navigate this time of year? Should they be doing something different to prep for it or different when it's here? What's your opinion? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I think it all comes down to your business and just knowing your seasonal trends. So for a lot of non-commerce businesses, Q4 may be a slow season, right? So you need to make sure you plan and ramp accordingly. 
I will say that one piece of advice that can apply to an extent to e-commerce retailers, but I would definitely think about if you are not e-commerce, is you might want to suppress your marketing during the Cyber Five, right? So users are really intent on a shopping mindset for that Thanksgiving to Cyber Monday period. It is when advertisers go the hardest from a competitive space, which drives up costs nearly universally in digital marketing. That's true somewhat of the whole holiday period, but particularly in that real immediate period around Thanksgiving. So if I'm planning for a non-commerce client, I would be thinking about dialing back my marketing dollars because it's not where the consumer focuses on those days. And I'm going to have to pay more to compete in the space. So unless it is also a peak for me, I've been thinking about how I allocate that budget. By the same token, as I mentioned with e-commerce, I think there's a little bit of room even there for picking the days you play the hardest on. Even though competition has been increasing across the board, Black Friday and Cyber Monday still see the highest volume of not just demand, but also of competition. That means you can be really smart about how you allocate spend, thinking about heavying up more on Thanksgiving, the Saturday and Sunday in between, if you are going to be running sales throughout. So I think that strategy can sort of apply somewhat to e-commerce, but then also if you're not commerce. Also, if you're not commerce, I would think about just what does Q4 mean to you? So absent holiday shopping, but generally it's the winter cycle, right? So is there anything seasonally for you to play up in that winter cycle? You can use the same sort of competitive research tactics or looking at your own business trends, but just knowing where that is for your calendar. And this doesn't apply to Q4, but I'd say too, this sort of basic strategy we talked about for commerce, right? Of doing your homework, playing your game, and then testing. That's a universal framework for anyone during their peak. So if Q4 is, if Q4 is your peak and you're not commerce, the same sort of basic playbook applies. And if you are not seeing your peak in Q4, it's sort of preparing that playbook for what is. So maybe the new year, right? is when you see a changeover, so that's Q1. That means your Q4 should be a heavy planning time for you. So you get to be a little bit more laid back than your average retailer, and you get to spend that time planning and enjoying your holidays instead of counting down the days till Black Friday and Christmas. Well, there you have it. That's, uh, that's a lot to unpack, Chrissy, but a lot of great information there. And I love the overarching three of do your homework, play your game, and test. It's a good good way to bookmark this conversation, I think. And I really appreciate your time and all the knowledge you gave us here in the podcast today. So thank you. You're welcome, Miles. It was great to chat. And I am looking forward to hopefully what's going to be an exciting and awesome Q4 this year. Now that we're, oh, by the time this airs, I think it'd be about 80 days from Black Friday, give or take. So getting down to it. It's coming quick, coming quick. And if you listen to this and you're like, oh no, I'm not ready. That's why we have a link in the show notes of this podcast. You click that link and you talk to us and we'll see how we can help you. So fear not. That's what folks like us are are here for. Thanks for listening to this episode of Test, Learn, Grow from your friends at Level Agency. For more information on what we do here at Level, be sure to visit us online at www.level.agency. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show 
so that you never miss an episode. And until next time, remember that the best way to do any sort of marketing is to test, learn, and grow.